Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Yes, yes, good Saturday morning to you. John Dickinson joined by Dan Devone here for the next four hours on 95.7 The Game. Dan, great to be with you, my man. I know it's been uh, been some time since we've had the opportunity, the pleasure, really, of working together. But uh, we're, we're going to let it rip over the course of the next four hours. Good to be with you. Yeah, you as well. And I think the last time we did this, we were trying to balance covering the San Francisco 49ers postseason and I believe was it the Warriors that were going we were trying to manage two things at the same time I remember it was complete chaos but good to be with you once again JD yeah good to be with you and I think that's a a nice lead-in to where the 49ers are right now because they're trying to balance a couple of different situations and one is the development of their young quarterback a quarterback that they moved a couple of future first-round picks and swapped another one to get into the three spot in that 2021 draft, and that was to draft Trey Lance. And they're also a team that believes that they have the opportunity to be good enough to win a Super Bowl in 2022. A a tough threading of the needle. It's funny, we talk about it with the Warriors all the time, Dan, but the Niners, I think, in their own right, trying to thread the needle, but with much more on the plate of their young quarterback in particular than the Warriors have put on a lot of their young players. But uh, the pressure is on here. Uh, Let's cut to the chase for the 49ers. And that means, whether it's fair or unfair, the pressure is on Trey Lance. I didn't think we were going to get here week two. I really didn't. But the only reason I was so strong in believing that was because I was so strong in believing that the 49ers under no circumstances were going to lose to the Chicago Bears. So this thing has been completely flipped on its ear through one week, and and now the pressure mounts for the Niners. And, and again, that means the pressure mounts on number five. Yeah, Trey Lance cannot play the way he did last week against Seattle. Now, albeit a lot of that had to do with the weather conditions, you were there. You can testify more accurately than I could as to what was taking place out there in terms of the precipitation and or the deluge. But that aside, even when it was normal conditions, you need to see more consistent play of Trey Lance. And to me, J.D., this is nothing new. This is essentially the same guy that I've seen since he came onto the scene a year ago throughout the summer camp and what we saw throughout the preseason, and that is this volatility where he can be really good. I thought he dropped the best pass I've seen him throw as a professional in that second level to Ray Ray McLeod on that touchdown drive, and then he throws one into the dirt trying to hit Debo Samuel just before the end of the half. It has been this feast or famine with him, and I think as long as he continues to play, Without this sense of of consistency, I think it's going to be difficult for Kyle Shanahan to put his arms around him and make that commitment to being, this is the guy that is going to quarterback my team 
in a year in which all the pieces are there for me to potentially win a Super Bowl. Well, and I think that's where winning versus losing comes into play. And and look, I don't want to put the Chicago game on Trey Lance necessarily, and I've I've been pretty steadfast in not wanting to do that throughout the course of this week. I, I thought he played pretty well overall in the first half. Now, the Niners left some points on the board, uh, whether it was the missed throw that, that he didn't hit to, to Croft that, that would have been a touchdown, whether it was Debo Samuel getting the ball punched out. The Niners left 6-14 to 14 points on the board early and did not have the lead that they needed to have, even though it looked like things were, were in pretty good uh, control when it was 10 to nothing. And as that game went on, the offense bogged down a little bit. They lost Elijah Mitchell. The weather did start to become a factor. Uh, and then, sure, the penalties that, that didn't get the 49ers off the field a couple of times. And then a couple of breakdowns on top of that following those penalties leading to, to Bears touchdowns. And all of a sudden, a game you've dominated and should have been up more. You're down 13-10, to 10, and now you're asking Trey Lance to, in essence, go win it for you. And I think that's an unfair position to put him in. But as the game went on, he did play worse. And then once you got late third quarter and and really more specifically into the fourth quarter, after he threw the interception down 13-10, that's when the elements took over and the short field off the interception allowed the Bears to punch it in again. And two scores with 11, 12 minutes to go, even in that kind of monsoon-like condition, was just not going to happen for anybody. So, So the loss isn't on Trey Lance, but the circumstances of the 49ers being 0-1 in a game that everybody had them winning, oh, by the way, with if not the most winnable, the second most winnable game on your schedule being this week, at least on paper going into the season, you got to get the job done tomorrow or we're going to start having a strike. You think the conversation this week has been strong (laughs) with Mike Martz and Joe Theismann and Sean Payton and K.J. Wright and even Boomer Esiason, before we hit the airwaves here on his show that he does for, for Odyssey, I mean, he said, another poor game versus Seattle, and I'm quoting Boomer, and I think a change may come. He just doesn't look ready right now. This is not us, and and it isn't fair. And I was in for for dibs yesterday with, with Mark Willard, and, and I thought Willard laid it out beautifully in, in the sense that, you know, you want to have patience with Trey Lance, but this 49ers season you can't have patience with. It's not fair to Trey, but at the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo now is on this roster, and he is a known commodity as far as regular season winning goes. And, and that's something that if the Niners can't get a win, calm things down, have Trey Lance play well tomorrow, the conversation's only going to get louder. Yes, and fair or unfair, as it were, It really doesn't matter because this is the world we are living in as it relates to Trey Lance. And while Trey Lance in the perfect world would have been in Jacksonville, the Jets, someplace else where he can develop and make these mistakes. The dilemma or the scenario that people are still trying to get their arms around is that you have a team that is plug and play to win a Super Bowl in 2022, yet you have a raw quarterback. And I don't mean raw to the sense that the game is still slowing down. He's still adjusting to the speed of linebackers and and secondary. I'm talking about raw where him just simply being comfortable in a pocket, his footwork, the mechanics of him delivering a football. I'm talking about building from the ground up raw. And this is the quarterback that you have for a team that is ready to win right now, and you just don't have the time. 
If you're Zach Wilson, yeah, we can marinate this guy. Same with Trevor Lawrence. Same with all of these kids, including Justin Fields. We'll give you a year or two because we're not going anywhere. We've hit reset on our football team. That doesn't apply to the San Francisco 49ers, which is why, and I don't need to necessarily go down this rabbit hole, why it never made sense for me for them to draft this kid in the first place because you're right, he didn't play all that poorly last week, and it's not on him. Collectively, they lost that football game, and the defense is accountable as well. But guess what? For a team that's looking to win a Super Bowl, or at least to get as far as they did a year ago, you can't go 0-2. And with a quarterback-centric league, and with you being the quarterback of this team, I'm sorry, at 0-2, I could see a change happening simply because you might be raw, but I don't care because you need to go develop someplace else because we got to win next week against the Rams and or Denver. Denver and then the Rams. And the reality is the schedule is only going to get tougher. And we can quibble about, oh, are the Bears better than we thought they were going to be? And Seattle beat Denver, and we all watched it on Monday night. Emotional win for them. Uh, and and they come in as the, the lone uh, team in the NFC West that, that, that won in, in the first week of the, of the season. And it's a rivalry game and, and this, that, and the other. But, but the reality is the 49ers have much more difficult games ahead of them after tomorrow than the game they're going to play tomorrow or... Or the game that they already played in Chicago. And the key to once Jimmy Garoppolo was brought back on August 29th, Dan, the key to this whole thing working for the 49ers was the ability to win football games and keep the season on schedule. It's a lot like keeping things in third and manageable, right? Oh, you're running a little bit on first down, maybe a little short pass on second down. Hey, it's third and three. Uh, you know, you're going to run it, you're going to pass it, you got options. It's third and manageable. The Niners needed to keep their season in in third and manageable type situations, and that meant Flat out, as far as I'm concerned, you got to win the first two games of the year because you might not win game three or game four, and you want to, at a worst, be two and two at that point when you're hitting the road and going to, to Carolina and Atlanta. If, if there's one thing last week showed us, you can't book any game as a win or a loss. I think we all know that. The NFL, unpredictable. But I think we're seeing, and I think it's hitting a lot of people in the face in a manner that, that they didn't expect. This team being 0-1 in the fashion that they were 0-1 against the opponent that they're 0-1 with now Seattle coming in tomorrow, that, that, that makes tomorrow, in my mind, as much of a must-win as any team can have in week two of an NFL season. Well, let's just get ahead of ourselves. How long is your leash? If you're Kyle Shannon, let's just say they go 0-2, which I don't think they will. Uh, we can get into the Seattle game. I, I just don't think Seattle has anything left in terms of the emotional tank after that big game, that big win against Russell Wilson in the, in the opener on a Monday night. But let's just say he's underwhelming and the team goes 0-2. Maybe it's not all on Trey Lance. But to your point, now you've got Denver and the Rams coming to town. You can't go 0-4. Would you, could you envision... Kyle Shanahan making a switch at quarterback and having Jimmy Garoppolo replace Trey Lance in week three should the team get off to an 0-2 start. I think it depends on how bad he is tomorrow, and, and they have to lose. Both things have to be true. They have to lose, and to me, he would have to be worse than he was in Chicago. A couple of interceptions, 
the completion percentage, you know, more you know, throws that should be hit that are that are blatantly missed. Maybe not quite as many of the explosive plays because he did hit a 44-yarder to Jennings and a 31-yarder to Ayuk and the 20-yarder, which was just a beautiful dime to Ray Ray McLeod that you alluded to. He converted a couple of big third downs with the crowd going crazy at Soldier Field and the game starting to flip. It wasn't all bad from Trey Lance by by any stretch of the imagination, but I think both things have to be true because I really have to think that Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to come off as being wholly impatient. Uh, you know, by, like, I don't think he wants to come off looking like it's a, like, like he's in full-blown panic mode, even at, even at 0-2, off of the guy that they spent so much to move up and get. The reality of the situation, though, Dan, remains the fact that this team has to win football games. And for everybody out there saying, you have to give him time, you have to show patience, you have to do this, that, and the other for Trey Lance... This team has to win games. This team has Super Bowl expectations. So you're not going to let it get to a point. You know, this isn't, oh, he's going to get his eight games or he's going to get his 12 games because you don't, you have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster now. Mm. And because you have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, that means that you don't want to let your season get to a point where it's, unrepairable and so if you are going to make the move to Garoppolo you need to make the move to where he can still help you get things on track yeah I would agree with you and I think a lot of that is dictated not only by Kyle Shanahan but I think that the players in that locker room and I'm talking about the veterans they don't look at it through the prism of okay well he needs to develop and this may take a year or two or three no if, you, if you're a veteran and you're playing for the San Francisco 49ers, and just like any other team, you're as good as your last game and you're playing for who was, whoever's in front of us coming up on Sunday. It's all about right now. You don't look at things in terms of being long-term, and I don't even think the word developing or developmental enters your lexicon. This is about winning right now. And I think the veterans, whether it's those 15 guys that he consults, They'll go a long way, I think, in, in terms of determining and or influencing Kyle Shanahan to making that decision, whether Kyle Shanahan can be influenced when it comes to removing his quarterback. But I think when it comes to Kyle Shanahan, I think that he sees things through a different lens as well. A lot of people are talking about developing and, you know, well, what about 2023? You really created a mess. I don't think he looks beyond Seattle, and I don't think he looks beyond what's going to happen potentially against the Rams in Denver. If his team's off to an 0-2 start, he's all about winning football games and winning football games right now. What gives me the best opportunity to win a football game against Denver? And if it's underwhelming play and we go 0-2 and your quarterback continues to be poor and or average, I can see him making the switch simply because he needs to beat Denver. And then he needs to beat the Los Angeles Rams. I think he lives within that little ecosystem of, I need to win football games, and whoever's on that schedule is who i got to beat. I don't think he looks at things in terms of, you know, what's my one-year or two-year plan as it relates to Trey Lance. The other part of it becomes Dan, and it's John Dickinson, Dan Devone, 888-957-9570. At what point does it start to seep in to other players in that locker room that Trey Lance no longer gives them the best chance to win football games compared to Jimmy Garoppolo? And look, this is what they ask for. Like You bring Jimmy Garoppolo back. You're asking for this. If Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't on the San Francisco 49ers roster, 
they'd be in some trouble at 0-1. There'd be some concern. But if he wasn't on the roster and, and there was nowhere to turn, but Nate Sudfeld or Brock Purdy had things worked out that way, and Jimmy Garoppolo was on another roster or, or a street-free agent right now, it would be extremely disappointing where the 49ers are at. But there wouldn't be any question of what the direction is moving forward. It would it would suck to be 0-1 if you're a Niner fan, but but you would know, hey, you, you have to at that point stick with Trey Lance, which now isn't the case. I mean, now you have to wonder, do you owe it to the locker room at some point to make the change with somebody that, that they have one with and do believe in? Yeah, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this because I've a bit of the belief all along that Kyle Shanahan, after what he saw, and hoping to see the development, or at least that big step from year one to year two, as it relates to Trey Lance, summer camp, preseason, and I think with the inconsistency that we all witnessed over the last couple of months, don't you think Kyle Shanahan envisioned potentially this scenario and the reason, the real reason why he brought Jimmy Garoppolo back is because he still saw holes in his quarterback. He still could not buy in the kid that he went up to move to get at number three. That there was a sense of insecurity when it came to Trey Lance is the sole reason why Jimmy Garoppolo is still on this team. That he envisioned that the scenario potentially could come about. And the reason why Jimmy Garoppolo is here is because Kyle Shanahan was able to foresee all the problems that we're currently witnessing with Trey Lance. I think it's still more circumstantial based on on Garoppolo's situation I, I really do but I think once it it looked like there was an opportunity to to get him back I feel like they were more apt to to really to really try and make sure that they could make it happen once 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 Jimmy was open to it and the pay cut was going to happen and, and all of those different things Dan then I thought then I do think some of what you're talking about rang true because my belief from being out at training camp and, and watching a lot of the practices, I was probably at 75, 80% of the training camp practices. And it, to my eye, and I said this, and, and I, got, I got ripped to shreds by, by others for saying it, you know, the, what I expected to see from Trey Lance, the level of play that I expected to see from Trey Lance, it was underwhelming. And look, under that's not a coach telling me that or a source or anything like that. It was just what was the bar that I expected to see? Underwhelming. Compare and, and you know, inconsistent, missed throws. And people are telling me it's the defense and going up against an elite defense and and all of these different reasons why. But the reality is week 1, he was underwhelming. Like that's like you can go back and so so week 1 is now in line with uh, you know the overall stat line, the overall performance. Like I thought he would hit some of those throws that were right there for him a little bit more consistently. He hadn't done it. That's in line with what I saw in training camp. And to me, if if I'm seeing that, to go back to your point, I think Kyle Shanahan was absolutely seeing it. And whatever his bar in terms of where he thought Trey Lance would be wasn't quite met doesn't mean he's not going to be a good or a great quarterback down the line but I think he felt he was more inclined to need a hedge going into this season do you think that Kyle Shanahan underestimated just how raw and how much work he would have to invest in Trey Lance now listen we knew that he only played a limited number of games in his collegiate career and that he was still very raw when you compare him to the other quarterbacks not to mention he's playing at, at North Dakota State but when you look at him now, do you think that Kyle Shanahan is like, wow, although I'll never admit this, but 
not only did I not recognize that he had as significant of a hitch in terms of his mechanics and his delivery, but that aside, and I do not want to sound like a guy who coaches in the NFL and or has played, right? I'm not Sean Salisbury, but for a dude just like you, me, or anybody else out there that has sat on a couch since they were a kid and watched football and or quarterbacks, and you watch Trey Lance and just his footwork throwing off the other foot, there is so much there that needs to be taught that he's, to me, again, he looks like he's so far away from being that accomplished quarterback and or just a quarterback that that is ready to sort of, you know, head in the right direction in terms of leading his team to more wins and losses. And it's not so much about, you know, this, the speed of the game or the game slowing down. That happens to every quarterback from Justin Herbert to Patrick Mahomes. But again, just the raw mechanics. Do you think that maybe Kyle Shanahan would second-guess again something he'll never admit, but do you think he's looking at it now saying, wow, I didn't recognize whether I didn't vet him out or there was the tape I went through, just how more, how much work we have to invest in this kid? I think he. I think he's realizing that, that there's more he has to invest than he anticipated. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's willing to do it. I don't think he thinks it's it's necessarily a lost cause by any means. But but I think it it kind of goes back to, did you think he'd be a little bit farther along at this point? And and I think Kyle Shanahan would probably tell you, you give him the truth serum that that he thought he'd be a little bit farther along at this point. Now, the other part of this is he's more apt to live with it. Dan, because he thought that the rest of this team was good enough or great enough in some areas to be able to win while he was working his way through. And look, everything was on track. Like, that's the other part of this thing. And we'll get to some phone calls here coming up. 888-957-9570. If the Niners go on and they win the game in Chicago 13-7, to or nineteen to uh, you know nineteen to sixteen or something like that, and, and Trey Lance has the line that he has, maybe hits a one or two more throws, and, and they wind up winning the game. It's nothing to see here. But and you can say, well, wins and losses, and what wins and losses are what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't win a game, like you you did, like I'm fine with saying, hey, Trey Lance played pretty well in the first half, and even it didn't play well in the second half. But if you win the game, you can go back and you can say, okay, well, these are the things he did well. These are the things he didn't. It's all part of the the growing and learning experience and the development of a young quarterback. When you lose the game, whether it's on him or not, you go back and you look at his overall stat line and you say, was it good enough or not? And the reality is with the second half and the way things shook out, you needed more from your quarterback. You needed a couple of those explosives to go for touchdowns. You needed the the cross throw, which was schemed up by Shanahan to be a touchdown, to to be a touchdown. And and so it's it's you can say it's not on Trey Lance, but when you don't win, you go back and you revise the you look at the line differently than when you do win. Yeah, you're you're spot on. I I think the wins and losses, and specifically the losses, that will determine the fate of one Trey Lance as to whether or not he's going to be replaced by Jimmy Garoppolo more than anything else. You can hide him if he plays the sort of game he did last week, but you win. Then you can chalk it up to developing and he took a step and you can insulate him to a certain degree if you win and the defense does their job and the ball bounces your way, you don't fumble it away. You you take you know advantage of those opportunities they had in terms of field position in the first half. But wins and losses are going to determine 
whether or not he will be removed. The, the short lease, the long lease, that's another way of saying, what's the record of this football team? And if he continues to play average and you're winning these games, albeit ugly, he continues to stay in there and quote-unquote grow, I think. And he gets the opportunity to grow and, and get better at that point. But if you're not winning, you're not going to get that, that extra opportunity. It's, it's, it's sort of like in a season where, and, and I go back to the 2019 season for the Niners. They won ugly week one, then they blew out Cincinnati in week two, and they would win one game ugly, and then they'd, then they'd look a lot smoother. They come home, they have five turnovers, they, they beat Pittsburgh, but it was ugly. Then they blow out Cleveland on a Monday night, and it was kind of this every other. But when you keep winning, you have an opportunity to work through your problems and get better the next week and that team became much more explosive in particular offensively as the season went on well the reason that you didn't have to make wholesale changes or, or you know and, and there was there was a freedom to breathe and develop was because you were winning every single week right up until the middle of the season let's get george and los altos 888-957-9570 it's jd and devone here 95.7 the game what's up george Hey, fellas, I guess I'm, I just get somewhat frustrated when I continue to hear dialogue that having Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster is in any way a negative for the 49ers. There, there, there's no negative. People say that there's a negative because, you know, Trey is, is not going to feel secure and Trey's going to be looking over his shoulder and, and Kyle might have a, a short leash and he might pull in because we've got Jimmy. So what? He's the number three overall pick, and we gave up a ton of first-round draft choices. It's time to see what the kid has, okay? And if he struggles, think about it. Our backup played in a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game, and he knows our offense. There is no downside to having Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. I'm so glad we still have him. So that's all I needed to say. Thank you. George, thanks for the call. 888-957-9570. Dan, let's react to this on the other side. We'll go ahead and pause for the first time because I think George brings up a great point. (laughs) I I, I think that's a really strong point. Uh, The negatives and the positives to having Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster and just how Kyle Shanahan may look at it, because I think we've touched on it a little bit already. Uh, Phone lines are open. How... Short or long should the leash be for Trey Lance? We are going to get into the matchups and everything Seattle did and what the Niners have to do better. It's not just all going to be about Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo for the next three and a half hours. Bob Condotta uh, of the Seattle Times is going to join us as well. He covers the Seahawks. Uh, and so we'll, we'll get some insight on what they bring into a rivalry game at Levi's tomorrow. It's all coming up right here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One of the worst decisions I've seen you made in a pretty long time. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm not a fan at all of that. You have Jimmy G on your team. He got you almost to the promised land. What more do you want from the man? Keep rolling with Jimmy G. If you're not going to roll with Jimmy G, then trade him to another team because no quarterback wants to try to develop with a better quarterback over his shadow. Looking over him, so Jimmy G, he needs to get traded. Uh, I didn't like the move at all. Now back to 95-7, the game. John Dickinson and Dan Devone. That was former Seahawks linebacker K.J. Wright. He was on with Steiny at Guru yesterday and not a fan of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo as the backup. One of the worst decisions ever, citing the added pressure of Trey Lance having to look over his shoulder at a dude who's gone to a Super Bowl and gotten within a quarter of getting to another Super Bowl in the last three seasons. That's K.J. Wright's take. I know we had a caller right before the break, Dan, that uh, had a different take on it. And I think a lot of 49er fans out there do feel the way that the caller did. No negative in terms of having Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. Uh, What's your spin on all of that? I think that this offseason... In an offseason in which this might have been, we'll find out, the best draft class in terms of having an impact that Kyle Shannon has had in his stay here with the San Francisco 49ers. And I say that to say this, that the best offseason move he made, with that being said, was getting Jimmy Garoppolo for $6 million as the best backup in the NFL, especially for a team if ever there was a National Football League team that needed a quality backup. It's the 49ers, and they got a good one. And they got a good company guy who says the right things, somebody that's familiar with the system. And again, he's a $25 million quarterback that you brought back for six mil. That might have been in a year in which he did a lot of right things as far as the NFL draft is concerned. His best move, in my estimation, in the offseason. What say you, J.D.? Yeah, I, I don't think there's... I'm not worried about... Trey Lance looking over his shoulder or or anything like that. I I think the fact that he was set as the starting quarterback going all the way back to to February, I think everybody on the team knows, hey, this is Trey Lance's team, at least at the start of the season. To me, I am more in the, hey, if Trey can't handle it, then... You know, maybe you didn't get the right guy, you, you know, but I but I'm also not worried about him being able to handle it or not. There's no negative because and I think we're already seeing it. You have to have a backup plan this year. Like the, the one thing that Kyle Shanahan cannot do this year is miss the playoffs under any circumstances, whether it's with Trey Lance as the starting quarterback or whether he has to go to Jimmy Garoppolo. But having Jimmy Garoppolo around gives him 
an escape valve. It it gives him uh, it, you know something to go to in, in that emergency situation. I'm also not one of these guys that thinks that if Kyle Shanahan has to go to Jimmy Garoppolo at some point, that it necessarily is going to wreck Trey Lance's career either. Like, like if, if we get to week four, week six, whatever, and Trey Lance plays his way out of the starting lineup in Kyle Shanahan's eyes, that doesn't mean that he's a bust. That doesn't mean that, that he isn't going to be good. That just means that he wasn't quite ready yet, given his lack of experience coming into this season in terms of overall play the onus is on Kyle Shanahan to try and win games and salvage this season from that standpoint get to the playoffs and then if you have to get Trey Lance another offseason and bring him back next year as the starter and then at that point the pressure's on and it's like all right well the kid better be good because he's had two years to to try and make it happen but but I'm I'm not going to speak in absolutes as to what this would say about Trey Lance's career on the negative side if Kyle Shanahan has to go to him. No, because we th- there's precedence to this, and that's Tua Tungavailoa. Now, I know the relationship with him and the veteran Ryan Fitzpatrick was different, but we saw Flores at the time, Brian Flores, who was the coach of Miami at the time, replace the young quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, and put in the veteran Fitzpatrick for a game or two and then went back to Tua. Now, if Tua plays well this year, I mean, his psyche's intact. And whether he plays well and or is a good quarterback, well, that's all on him. But as far as, you know, being absolutes, we saw Tua Tungabailoa come out of games, be replaced by Fitzpatrick, and the world didn't end. And Fitzpatrick did what it is that he needed to do, then stepped aside, and Flores felt as though it was time to get back to the youngster, and Tungavailoa stepped in and was able to play football again. So I'm with you. It's not the end of the world. And I would also say this, that Kyle Shanahan, one of his strengths, right, is that he's a player's coach. And if anybody could talk to Trey and or sell him, on, hey, listen, man, we're going to sit you down, but look at me, man, we're going to be okay because I'm going to bring you back or this isn't the end of the world. However it is that he phrases it, I think that works into the strength of at least what we've heard as far as Kyle Shanahan being relatable to his players. Let's get to the phones, 888-957-9570. Bobby in Oakland uh, here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Bobby? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Yeah, man, you know, it cracks me up with all this trade talk. I see a guy who's actually going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Look, he has. I mean, I looked over that Bear game. He wasn't that bad. He throws a beautiful long ball. He can use his legs. He struggles with this short pass. He, he has the mental fortitude and the work ethic, I believe, to get better. If Cal sticks with him, which I believe he will, look. Jimmy Garoppolo has got pulled for Trey last year. Why would he go back to Jimmy? Yeah, we got the Super Bowl and all this the, the accolades, but that's a team-orientated, uh, driven situation. I'd rather have Trey in there with the athleticism, who can throw that long ball, who can use his legs, be smart. Josh Allen would look horrible in his first year. Let, let him stay in there, and it's okay because Jimmy's going to be there. Use him as, as, as more motivation. Uh, information, you got experience there, but it's no doubt in my mind Trey will be better than Jimmy if they stick with them. So that's what I wanted to say. Appreciate the call. It, it, it better start tomorrow, Dan, and, and, <laughs> oh, and or be a win tomorrow because that, that really is it. Like if, if he has the same line that he had against the Bears and the Niners 
force a couple interceptions at Geno Smith and and Bosa gets to him for a strip sack and maybe Debo doesn't fumble they punch a couple touchdowns in he hits one to Croft you know if it's there and you and you win the game by by 10 to 14 points and you look up at the end of it and it's a relatively similar stat line maybe with one touchdown and one interception or something like that immediately we cool into all right there's nothing to see here probably until week five at that point like a win tomorrow in essence gives trey lance i would say at least until the fifth game of the year yeah Uh, the barbarians are at the gate and the only way to not let them in is play well tomorrow it's in your hands right this is within your control play well tomorrow win the football game and all of this noise will subside for the time being I'm with you because it'll never go away entirely I don't think well that's the other part of losing to the Bears and and look that's just the reality is when you lose to the Bears and I know people come down our road for playing the schedule game and I'm reluctant to do it but we're gonna do it you lose to the Bears and now all of a sudden it's it's extremely realistic that you're one and three after four games and if you're one and three after four games not saying it's an automatic. We know the Niners can beat the Rams and, and have done it over the years. And, and Denver lost to this Seattle team that the Niners are going to take on uh, tomorrow, albeit up in Seattle on a Monday night in a very emotional scene with Russell Wilson returning uh, to face off against the 12s and against Pete Carroll. But the reality is you lose to the Bears, and that means you might be 1-3. and three. And if you're 1-3, and three, we're having a conversation, I would guarantee you, about uh, like we're having this year or this week, about whether or not, you know, how long is it? It may not be there's going to be a change, but we're going to be having the conversation, Dan, about how long will it be until there is a change because those next two games at that point at Carolina and Atlanta – almost become must wins because then you're playing the Chiefs, the Rams and the Chargers after that. The Rams a second time. So it it like an NFL season can be very fragile immediately from the point where you lose a game that everybody thinks you're supposed to win and the Niners have already done that. Yeah, I don't like to play the schedule game, but I would say that l- listen, sh- losing to Chicago, it, it obviously worst case scenario and now has created what is really becoming dysfunctional to a certain degree and I think that that's what Kyle Shanahan would like to sort of eradicate that this is I think the number one storyline in the NFL I really do I think that whether it's sports talk radio whether it's the multitude of shows on ESPN or Fox wherever it is that you get your entertainment and or your NFL information this is the lead story and it's not a good one necessarily because who's going to be the quarterback how did Trey play Jimmy Garoppolo still looming in the background I think that Kyle Shanahan would like all of this to be eradicated, and the best way for that to happen, I think, is for Trey Lance to play well. If he doesn't, rest assured that this is going to continue, especially in today's climate with everybody on Twitter and social media being what it is and the NFL being what it is as far as as all of us being so entertained and involved. So this needs to get diffused. And, and listen, the one thing, J.D., that I have not seen out of this guy and, and we can talk about Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, just show because we none of us know whether you can be a consistent quarterback. The caller talked about, yeah, and I've seen it, the flashes of brilliance. The guy's got a cannon for an arm. He can run. He's an athlete. But you have got to demonstrate that you can consistently be a quarterback from the pocket, make all the throws before anybody can make any level of commitment to you. And I don't think it gets any further than that, quite frankly. 
888-957-9570. He's Dan Devone. I'm John Dickinson. Let's keep it rolling on the phone lines from one Bobby in Oakland to Bobby in Fairfield here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Bobby? Yeah, thank you guys for the uh, the invite. Uh, yeah, everyone needs to just relax. Uh, Shanahan knows exactly what he's doing. He's in control of this. And I know the guy's name is K.J. Wright, but he is K.J. Wrong. I mean, we got to remember that he's a Seahawk, and he's probably still a Seahawk. He's going to say everything opposite for the 49ers. But the 49ers are going to be okay. And Trey Lance is going to come along. He'll probably win the next game. He might win the next two or three games. And then this whole thing will be a wash. That's all I have. Thank you. Well, Bobby, if they win the next two or three games, then then it will be a wash. I'll give you that. You win the next three games, you you win tomorrow, which which tomorrow's price of admission, by the way. Like tomorrow, like tomorrow's again. Like you better beat Seattle. And I get it, Seattle. We already talked about it. Their emotional win, but if anything, the way that Seattle beat Denver last week, that to me plays right into the 49ers' hands. Short week, emotional game. Mm. I mean, you know the Seattle market and and that stadium as as well as anybody. I've been up there covering games. Uh, it looked that the Seahawks looked like the they kind of looked defensively like the Pete Carroll Seahawks. They're flying around, they're hitting people, they're borderline dirty, they're forcing fumbles at the goal line. The crowd's into it. What that game told me is Seattle may be a four and five or a five and four team up there this year, competitive and a competitive one. They also, to me, might be 1-7 on the road because you can't bring that with you when you travel anywhere, and this is still not a good football team. So you add it up at the end of the year, and they're probably 5-12 and 12 or 6-11, and 11, which is exactly what we thought they would be for this year. But, that, but competitive when they play up there against just about anybody, and they'll probably win a few that you don't expect and, and lose a few closer than you would expect when they're playing up north. Yeah, and you talk about the two crucial fumbles down to the goal line by that at Denver. And people, you know, they wag a finger at Denver and saying, well, listen, man, that's on you. You can't turn the ball over. Well, there's a reason for that, and that's the 12th man, and that's what you just laid out, and that's playing in that stadium. And they had to go to a silent count. That You have to keep in mind that Denver could not hear the quarterback, and that's what Seattle does when they're playing at home. You want to know just a linear connection, a cause and effect of what it means to be playing at home? Well, look at those two turnovers. They beat... And they got penetration, and they were able to get into the backfield simply because they got off the ball a half second faster than that of Denver, who had to go to a silent cat count and watch the ball because they couldn't hear the quarterback. And that's what happens, and that's the clear advantage you have of playing in Seattle and being a member of the Seattle Seahawks defense. I will say, though, that game... J.D. last week against Russell Wilson, listen, that was their Super Bowl. They had been pointing at that thing ever since it came on the schedule. I don't know that Geno Smith has that in his bag to start 13 of 13 and 23 of 29. I, I, don't, I think he's going to be the sort of Geno we've, we've grown to know and love over the last couple of years. I don't think that's something that he's going to replicate. And I don't think the defense and that emotion is going to be there out in Santa Clara. I think you're going to see more of a deflated team. And I, quite frankly, we can get into this in detail a little bit later in the show. I think the 49ers win and win convincingly. I'll stop short of saying a blowout, but this is this should be, I think, an easy win. How Trey Lance plays, well, you know, that's another story entirely, but I do see the 49ers winning this thing easily tomorrow. It, to me, it should be a win and a cover. And, and the last number I saw was eight and a half. So if that means it's got to be 24-14 or 
or 27-17 or whatever it needs to be. Uh, maybe it does wind up being a wider margin than that. But but I I see this as a as a win and a cover and and a and a big time talent advantage for the 49ers. Uh, over over this Seahawks team, and I know it's a rivalry game, and you throw the records out. But look, Russell Wilson's not around anymore. I think a lot of the Seattle dominance over the 49ers, sure, some Pete Carroll, but much more Russell Wilson or the combination of the two. And uh, but even last year, I, I mean, we we know even last year the Niners swept by Seattle. 2020, the Niners swept by Seattle. They won the one game up there in week 17 to take the one seed by a, a matter of inches in that uh, in, in that open end zone where it feels like every game ends with somebody trying to score in that open end zone and something <laughs> weird happens over and over the course of, uh, of NFL history or the history of that, that stadium now, what, about 20 years old. But Kyle Shanahan's been dominated by Pete Carroll uh, to the tune of, what, two wins uh, head-to-head going back – since 2017 when when Shanahan took over. Yeah, and it's always sort of the narrowest of margins. And don't forget the last time they played or the last time they played out at Levi, that was special teams. Remember how bad special teams were for the 49ers a year ago? There was the fake punt that went for a touchdown. Not moving the chains, you know, you fake a punt and, okay, we got a first down out of it. No, they scored a touchdown out of that. And then the Trent Cannon fumble. And so... It's it's not by accident that the 49ers now have as their special teams coach one Brian Schneider who used to hold the same position with the Seattle Seahawks. So I think special teams played a big part in that game one last year, and it's hopefully new and improved this year, although only a game into it. We really can't tell. Special teams were solid last week. But whatever it is, it's not necessarily all that pretty, but you're right. Seattle has had their number, much like the New Orleans Saints has had the number of the great Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 888-957-9570. A couple of calls to get to here. Uh, we'll also lay out the weather report for tomorrow because it isn't quite Chicago going back to, to six days ago. But uh, the 49ers could be – are they the are they going to be the rain team of the, <laughs> of the early going? Is there, a, is there a rain cloud following around the San Francisco 49ers team? Uh, the weather forecast coming up. And I also want to double back – to something you said about this being the number one story because and just throughout the NFL because there there have just been so many opinions shared about Kyle Shanahan's decision to go to Trey Lance and then to keep Jimmy Garoppolo and where everything stands and it gets compounded by the fact that the Niners didn't win in week one we've got some cuts and some quotes and a a lot to get into to, to revisit that so those things are coming up at the top of the hour as well. Bob Condotta is going to join us, covers the Seahawks from up north at noon as uh, we're with you here until 2 o'clock at 95.7 The Game. Let's get back to the phones. Jonathan in San Francisco uh, is next here. What's going on, Jonathan? Hey, uh, good morning, guys. Uh, you know how the whole, the whole quarterback situation here in San Francisco is just so bizarre and so weird and it just continues to be that way? Um, you know how usually a, a team conventionally, right, would bring in a new guy, especially at the quarterback position, which is the most important position in football. And, and if they're trying to bring in that new guy, and it's pretty much usually uh, the, the whole team is on the rebuild mode. So they're trying to bring everybody together, you know, build chemistry. Everybody gets together at the same time. What they're trying to get to is, do you, you guys think uh, the 49ers are doing this at the wrong time? I mean, 
they, they, they went after a quarterback at the wrong time because, I mean, you know, they got this roster ready to go after a Super Bowl. It's a playoff roster. And, and, and now you're starting to scratch from, you know, and, and it's the most important position. And, you know, I, I kind of, like, maybe want to blame this on the Warriors because I think Kyle Shanahan saw what happened with the Warriors. They trying to bring in, you know, bring up all these young guys and, and everything you know, happened beautifully and they won a championship. I think that kind of gave Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch an idea, like, hey, man, we could probably, we probably do this uh, with, with our team, right? Th- thanks, Jonathan. We'll jump in here. Going back to the decision to get Trey, I know we've talked about this in some of our shows that we did together last year in, in the summer, but it, it really was a, a perfect storm of, I think, starting with Jimmy Garoppolo's inability to, to remain healthy and available to play. I think that was one component of it. I think the other component of it was the Niners trying to seize an opportunity where they had a 6-10 and 10 season in 2020 in the COVID year and had a high enough pick and a good enough roster in other areas to where they thought, hey, this is a draft with five quarterbacks that are going to go in the top 15, maybe even a little higher than that. It wound up being the top 15 with Mac Jones going to the Patriots. But this is our opportunity. We're close enough to move up and get one of these guys and and reset the financial component also of maybe having a cheaper quarterback as Garoppolo's salary was so expensive and you've got all these other younger players that are really good that you're going to have to pay. So you want to reset that. And then, oh, by the way, you want a Josh Allen or a Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson or somebody like that, somebody that's more dynamic and the ceiling is higher in an attempt to get you over the top and beyond where Jimmy Garoppolo uh, ultimately could get you in terms of close but no cigar in a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game. So all of those things were a factor in my mind. Now the question becomes, how quickly does it take or how long does it take Trey Lance to get to that point where he can be that quarterback in conjunction with all the other talent this team has on the roster? And that's where one week into the year they're hung up a little bit. Yeah, and therein lies the rub, right? While theoretically that all makes sense that you get your quarterback, but for a team that is ready to win right now, a rookie quarterback, the developing and ready to win right now, that imbalance continues to plague this football team, which is why it's such a curious decision on the part of the of the 49ers that I, while I understand it to a certain degree, but I also think that once they made the decision to move off on Jimmy Garoppolo, which I have no problems with. If he's not your guy, you don't have faith in him. He's throwing that touchdown at the wrong time, and you're just, he's not the guy to execute the Kyle Shanahan game plan. Fine. It's exactly what Sean McVay did. But what McVay did then was to go get Stafford. And so I'm wondering whether, again, in retrospect, for a team that's ready to plug and play and potentially win a Super Bowl, getting that quarterback via the draft is sort of put us in in this dilemma we're currently witnessing. And if they could do it over again, maybe they go get Tom Brady. Maybe they go get a quarterback that hits the ground running so that you don't have to spend a year or two and or deal with what it is that we're witnessing right now. And that is a quarterback that is so raw and still at least a year or two away from being, quote-unquote, that guy. I do think, though, Dan, the Niners looked at the younger quarterbacks that have come into the league, and it and it isn't the mid-90s or even the early 2000s where a lot of these guys take 
multiple years sure. to develop. Now, maybe Trey Lance is is in his own category because of the inexperience and and the le- the level of college football that he played at. And that becomes why he's in his own category with it. But I think you look around and you say, all right, Josh Allen maybe took a year or two, but but you were winning with Josh Allen basically his second year, even though he wasn't perfect. And Mahomes sat for a year, but then came in and was you know throwing 50 touchdown passes and getting to an AFC championship game, going toe-to-toe with Tom and with Belichick in an overtime to try and go to a Super Bowl. And, and some of the, like, it just doesn't, Herbert is out, you know, already a damn good quarterback like I think I think Shanahan thought hey we can have one of those guys that's pretty good by year two year three at the latest and you know we'll see jury's still out I suppose yeah and I think that to that point then maybe Mac Jones should have been your guy now I know that opens up a whole other can of worms but if it's going to be and yeah and, and the thing about Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes is that these guys played at the collegiate level and and I agree with you that this isn't you know, it's not the 80s or the 90s where you have to be an understudy for three to five years before you sniff the field. You don't have to be Aaron Rodgers to that or Brett Favre. But I, I do think if that's the game plan where he can come in and play right away, then it's always been sort of peculiar that you drafted a quarterback that had played only one game. And keep in mind, it's at a D2 school and has been very limited in terms of the number of reps and action he's seen at the collegiate level if indeed he was the guy that was going to hit the ground running. All right, he's Dan Devone. I'm John Dickinson. Dave in San Jose coming up right out of the chute, top of hour number two. Phone lines are open, 888-957-9570. Is this a must win for the 49ers tomorrow against the Seahawks? How long or short is the leash for Trey Lance here as the 49ers look to even up their record? And uh, we'll get into, yeah, just how big a story this has become nationally. Uh, Weather report as well. It's all straight ahead here. J.D. and Devone on a Saturday, 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 